text this morning is Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. We're going to especially focus on verse 42 and take in all the verses from 42 to 47. So let's read those verses together now. devoted, that is, the ones who had been baptized and added to their number, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's stand together.
they were not devoted to the apostles. They were devoted to the teaching of the apostles. We have that later on in verse uh, 43 and 44, where everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. But it wasn't that they were devoted to the apostles because they were super people. Now, they were devoted to the teaching of the apostles. The church is not characterized by people walking around doing signs and wonders. No, it's characterized by people devoted to the teaching of the apostles. The apostles had the words of love. They had the words that revealed God's love to them, revealed what Jesus Christ had done. So the spiritual church was devoted to the very activities that would strengthen and work the faith that they already had. These are the captivated ones, the learners. And it's interesting that Christians in the book of Acts are called disciples. Well, that literally means learners. In fact, they were called learners before they were called Christians. Not until Acts 11 or Acts 12, 24, where the Christians in Antioch are called Christians. Before that, they were called learners. A Christian is someone who is defined by learning. Throughout the book of Acts, we read about the Word of God spreading. And it's interesting when, when the, the whole year Luke, Luke in the book of Acts speaks about the Word of God spreading, but also growing in that, that Luke is, is communicating to us is that the word not only goes far and wide, but that it goes down deep into actually the believer. Connected to the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, John 14, that I will send you peace and counsel. We will teach you. We will remind you of what I have taught you. Pentecost is not about emotional experience. It's not simply about something. Something that doesn't touch the mind. No, it's something that touches the mind and the heart. Take knowledge. You can look at the letter of Paul. Almost every single one of them begins this greeting to you, Paul, whoever else is writing the letter. And then he gives thanks to God give thanks, but also pray for them to increase in knowledge. The gospel begins with knowledge, with revelation, the revelation of what God has done in Christ. And believers, learners, those who put their faith in Christ, they long for that knowledge. Now, faith and believing is not the end of a journey. You don't come to hear the word of God until we're brought to a certain place. Okay, good, I'm there now. I've arrived. I believe. I have faith. I'm done. No, faith and believing is the beginning of a journey where you walk and you continually grow in knowledge. Well, as we look at that painting that the Holy Spirit has given us of the, that church, the day after Pentecost, weeks or years after Pentecost, we see that they were busy as we now turn to look at our lives today, as we look at what the Holy Spirit is painting in our lives, is it this 
individuals, but also together as a church? Is that something that we see? Is that something that we're submitting to? Stop and look at your 
yourself? Are you involved in a Bible study? Do you have devotional time with your family? Or is it a rush thing at the end of a meal? Cleaning kids? Let's hurry up and read a few verses and say a quick prayer. And there, we've checked off the devotional time. Stop and examine how you read and your study. Are you devoted to the teaching? Are you devoted to the teaching that happened here? Do you realize what Reverend Huff brings to you every Sunday? What God is doing through the preaching? Are you devoted to preaching? God has done in Christ, and watch what He is working in when you get a devotion to teaching. But as we look at that spirit-filled community, that spirit-filled church, we also see that they're devoted to something else. They're devoted to fellowship. Now that word, fellowship, is a rich word in the New Testament. It's a word that means sharing to the Holy Spirit recreating His people. We see in verses 44 to uh, 46, we see that that Spirit recreated people. In the Word, it says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. Same Greek word. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together
They were sharing their faith and their time and friends with all family fellowship. They were together, eating together, having meals together. And, and they gave of their money. Let me see here. They would even sell things they had, fields, property, and they would give to those in need. And as we look at that church, is that a picture of our faith? Is that something that we are submitting to as we look to steward field this neighborhood? we have an idea that we're doing a pretty good job at something, we find out that we could do well. And the Holy Spirit, through the Word, does that to us. Fellowship is an area where this can happen so very easily, where something can feel so right but be so missing the mark. The danger that's there for all churches, not just Center C, not just is that believers do not search out the nooks and crannies of what fellowship could be and then find themselves narrowing their fellowship to certain members. One of the biggest dangers that's there is actually something that's called family fellowship. It's always there for you. I'll give you an example in the town where we used to live. There was a Baptist church there, a little Baptist church. It was known in town as the so-and-so family church. What had happened is over the generations, rich families had basically come to dominate that church, and people didn't get along with that family. They just went other places. They married together. It became a one-family church. I'm not sure it was a good an exaggeration, but that is what happened. Family discontent is that someone in uh, the country and he was talking about his church community and he talked about one of the challenges they had there and, and he said these words, he said the problem here is that the families are self-sufficient. Let me read that again. The problem here is that the families are self-sufficient. together on the 
with your family? Could you be sufficient in that? Could that exhaust your fellowship? Maybe you're missing something. It's not so much that you're doing something you shouldn't do. You are, but you are missing something. You have not searched out the nooks and crannies. You have not given unflinchingly of yourself. the Holy Spirit uses us. Arms open wide. Not like the arms open wide. It doesn't mean we can't have family fellowship. It doesn't mean we can't get together with them and love our families and enjoy the blessings that, that God has given us in our beautiful families. But it does mean that our arms are open wide as families to those around us. And that we search out and we long to give unflinchingly to the fellowship. And that's something that we can see with our time see it with our space. We can see it with our money. Is your family home open to others? Are you open with your time? Are you open with your money? Do you look around you and see those in need and say, I wish to give. I wish to give to those who need emotionally. I wish to give to those who are lonely. I wish to give to those who are struggling financially, struggling in their job. I wish to give, to give, to give. The Holy Spirit calls you. The Spirit-filled church. The Spirit calls you to embrace that. To live that out. The Spirit also calls you to receive. church is not a church of takers. We can often have that. There are people who give, and there's people who need. But I'm just kind of here. I float and I take. I receive all the benefits, but I don't give. We have to understand that there are often those that get up as well, would be proud to receive. Somebody wants to talk to us, we don't want to talk to them. We have our place in the lobby. We stand there, we hold court, and we extend the scepter, and then they come and approach us. We need to receive fellowship. Receive people giving of their space, their time, and their money. Are you willing to receive? That's what it comes to. something for them? Are you encouraging them to be takers? They're not givers and receivers. And when we think about the church, the larger church community, are you encouraging them to be involved? To want to be there, to be involved in what's going on? One of the challenges we face in the church is as we go into the future is that that generation that built the church is they're, they're getting older and they're not as involved. 
larger function than we in the other kingdom traditionally accomplish. If somebody's going to talk about the work that's being done, you've got the old faithful, the older people. There's not a lot of young families there. There's not a lot of kids. Something we need to teach our kids to say the spirit-filled church lives together in church. The church without the missing fannies is being involved and engaged in something. What kind of future do they want? What does a fellowship look like? And about how they can give and receive Church is also devoted to two other activities that we look at this week. Spiritual church is devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, there's some debate over what this means, the breaking of bread. Here, the scripture is talking about the family meal. And when we look at verse 42, and when we look at the rest of Acts and the rest of the book of Luke, we see that the breaking of bread is something that is used to teach the Lord's Supper. A little later, in verse 46, it says they broke bread in their homes and ate together. The way it's spoken there is giving the idea of family fellowship. So it's a different type of breaking bread. Even the way it's structured in the original language, it's a different way of teaching people. And when we look at the list given in 42, there's three ritual activities, but this breaking of bread falls within that context. What's happening is church, the church that's devoted to teaching, the church that's devoted to fellowship, is also devoted to that meal that has been given by Christ that concerns both of those things. That's what you have in the Lord's Supper. We celebrated a few weeks ago. We come together. You're confirmed in the gospel of what Christ did, that he gave his body and his blood for you. You're confirmed in that. Your faith is strengthened and nourished. So you're confirmed in it, but at the same time, you're confirmed in fellowship. Fellowship with Christ, communion with Christ, fellowship in the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit works in you through the blood and the water. But you're also confirmed in your fellowship for the horizontal. If the vertical with God is horizontal among the community of faith, you are also confirmed in that. So the spiritual church is devoted to that meal. Spirit-filled community is remembering constantly, but constantly with fellowship. That they are the people washed in the blood of Christ, made new in Christ. They are a people who belong completely and entirely to Christ. And as we celebrate that, fills them up. It is their food and drink. And they long for it. We also see that spiritual church is devoted to prayer. Now literally it says prayers. What's spoken of here speaks about the spiritual church being devoted to prayer. It's primarily public prayer. Personal prayers are included, but really what it's talking about is coming together as people to pray. But at the same time, we can't exclude private prayer. We talked about 
Jesus, strengthen you and nourish you, and embrace the news that he is king. 